0: Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic is almost here, and we're hosting another live podcast at this year's event on Friday night, March 1st. The show starts at 6 p.m. at Remedy Brewing Company's 611 location, which is only a couple of blocks from the Sanford Center. The live show will be a fun night that includes our very own Upland trivia game with a guest panel made up of the one and only George Lyle, Mr. Tyler Webster himself, and of course, our own Scott Franzen, too. Plus, you get to be a part of this show and have a chance to win plenty of great prizes like a Chief Upland Vest, a Ruffland Kennel, Annex Elite Memberships, and so much more. Bring your family, bring your friends, and come ready to heckle me, the host. It's a night of Upland fun, laughs, excellent beer, and food. Again, that's Friday night at Pheasant Fest. The show starts at 6 p.m. at the Remedy at 611 location. No reservations needed. Just show up. All right. Now it's time for today's show. This episode of the Flush Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, Walton's Hoxie native seeds, Ready Rest, here on South Dakota's Ringneck Nation, and by Aluma Trailers. I'm currently sitting in front of a fireplace at Prairie Wildlife in Mississippi with Scott Franzen and our guests at this year's Hank Hunt. This is year three of their annual event and we just wrapped up two days of quail hunting and a game called Elise, right? Yeah,
1: police. Police. Yeah.
0: All right. We'll share campfire stories and of course relive moments with our bird dogs. After all, that's why we all came down here to celebrate. Welcome to another episode of the Flush Podcast. I am Travis Frank. I am your host, along with Scott Franzen. Brandon Morton produces this podcast, and Brandon is in Minnesota. We are in Mississippi. Scott, looking at a beautiful fire. You didn't make that one, but you have been putting, uh, making a fire in your bedroom the last few nights up at our cabin in the woods.
1: Oh, well, yeah. Isn't that what you do when you're in your Mississippi, Trav? Mm. And you say y'all.
0: Yep. yep. And we have mossy oak hanging over our
1: Mossy oak. Do you know what year our cabin was made? 1854? Is that what it said? I think it was 1854. All right. So about the time Ron was born.
0: We're not sitting in our cabin right now. We are at the main lodge at Prey Wildlife. And this is an iconic quail hunting operation down here. Uh Mr. Jimmy Bryan won Conservationist of the Year last year, quail forever. And rightfully so. This lodge has won Lodge of the Year and been runner-up out of the last three years it's either one or been runner up and it's pretty obvious why we're sitting underneath a massive vault ceiling right now with a huge fire going and a few dead animals hanging around yeah. for decor. But the, what did we have for dinner tonight?
1: Steak. Yeah. 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 Um, and
0: I had without question the best cookie of my entire life today. It was a Heath bar melted into that cookie and I've never had anything like it. Wait, I didn't get one of those. Well, you could did, either either uh, gone with the sugar cookie or the other one. Oh, I did the sugar
1: and... cookie. Oh, bad. Well, actually, I'm it, sure wasn't it was fine, choice.
0: but it was not. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, nobody cares about the cookie that I had for lunch. <laughs> but we have gathered around us right now at the fire here. George Stutz. Adam, you got to say your last name. Ryola. Ryola. Okay. It doesn't you doesn't look good. like that when you read it out loud. Not at all. I would say. Rajula. Right, right, uh, Rajula Hunter, would you say? Ryla, <laughs> <laughs> Hunter Schwinn to my right, Jake Lindemann to my left, Steve Hall, and Peter Bolling. Um, did I get everybody? I got, I got everybody. Okay. So this, this year's crew, we have six guests joining. Scott, this is year three of your annual event. This is my first time here. It and is. What an experience. What an honor to come down here. The first two seasons of the Hank Hunt or the first two years i should say were a pheasant hunt in correct. south dakota correct at yep. different places and you thought you know what maybe we try something different what should we do and i had heard about this place and i just thought well it's really different and it's february right now so it kind of extends the hunting season if people might be interested in it and so The opportunity did come up for a very intimate gathering. In the past, you've had larger groups, Mm -hmm. and this is a little bit different here, but I think uh, what this episode and this podcast today will probably, hopefully, be kind of a little glimpse into what this week has been like down here, because a lot of laughs, a lot of stories, a lot of time spent together, and we are literally huddled around a fireplace right now. It's a little bit too warm. I know. I'm getting hot. Keep your shirts on, guys. keep your shirts
1: on (laughs) you mean put them back on Uh,
0: just to go back real quick scott and i know a lot of our listeners um know about the hank hunt because we talk about it every year but give us just a quick reason why you decided to celebrate hank and bird dogs in general
1: okay what what and i feel like we've repeated this this week a lot but i you know most people listening to the podcast have heard the story, but Hank passed at an early age, and your dog Hank, my dog Hank, yes, and Hank was the yellow lab he's five years old, he got cancer, and it went very quick and <clears throat> it was really you and I, Travis talking about it on the podcast where you asked me if you know we we're going to do a show, is it going to bury Hank again, or something like that and i didn 't want to do that on camera anymore and and I didn't want to, as sad as it was, I didn't want to be sad on camera. And with humans now, there's so many celebrations of life. Hank was a young dog. He was full of life, full of energy. I wanted to celebrate not only Hank, but other hunting dogs. And um, put it out to our viewers, our podcast listeners, and our social media followers and say, what do you think about this? Would you like to join us? for a gathering to celebrate dogs, to get hunters together that um, really are kind of cut from the same vein and um, walk a field together and what, whatever that field may be, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's what we did. And and for this trip, it this was again, something that came about in a podcast or actually it wasn't a podcast. You and I are talking about it in the office. So what if we try something different? We've done pheasant hunts. We've done a couple of different types of pheasant hunts. Uh, what about a quail hunt? What about a different state? Someplace that um, we haven't, I don't know if we've ever filmed in Mississippi. I don't think we have.
0: I don't know. I don't, not that I'm aware yeah, of. Yeah, and, and
1: try something different. Mm-hmm. And uh, we first researched the lodge, and it sounded wonderful. Yeah. And we put it out there, and we got five great guys, and one, well, which is the one? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <No, laughs> so we have. I'm, we here. Have a, I'm here. I'm you know, right here. Okay. We we we've got exactly what we've had with the first two Hank Hunts, six hunters that love their dogs, love hunting, and like making new hunting buddies and companions. So the last couple
0: of weeks on the podcast, I've had two of the last three weeks, I've had our listeners that have sent us stories on the show and it kind of felt like live radio back in the live radio days yeah, you've right. got a history yeah. in live radio i have a little yep. bit of a history and live radio is fun because you never know what you're going to get um and we had continuous uh listeners set up to come into our basically our podcast live chat almost you know brandon has a software and i don't even know what he does but thank you brandon <laughs> um, but it's been fun because like we just finished a conversation. We'll ri- roll right into the next one in this room right now. It's kind of the same thing, except for you guys are all here in person. Right. And you're here from a different state. Each one of you has traveled from a different state. We all had a long trip or flight or we either drove or flew in and everyone in this room is from a different state. I'm going to introduce you all in, in a minute here. Um, but I do want to say that I did just uh, about two hours ago sit down with Mr. Jimmy Bryant. And I called him the Michael Jordan of Mississippi quail hunting in this area because of what he has done and how well known he is in this part of the country for the efforts that he's put in. We talked for about an hour about his story. And that man has so much knowledge to share about what he's learned about the birds, where they why they disappeared in the first place, how much more effort it took for him to bring them back than he ever anticipated. And now what it's leading quail forever and the state of Mississippi with the local university here. And there's a lot going on based on that man's efforts, 86 years old. And he just got done quail hunting yesterday and quail hunting the day before. And he is, larger than life. And so he, afterwards we when we finished the conversation he goes nobody's ever called me Michael Jordan. Before. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Todd the operations manager says, "Well, to some people you are, sir." Yeah. You know, and that was after we had already quit recording, but that is going to be the next show to come out after this one because this is its own episode right now. Um I think what we'll do, Scott, maybe um We'll go around and we'll just introduce each one of our guests, where they came from. Great think, idea. Hunter, you're no stranger to the podcast, um, but I, you are wearing a headset right now. So why don't we start right next to me and then we're going to go this way right here. This is uh, your third time being a part of one of our productions as far as filming. And um, Scott, you can mention this in a little bit because we have partnered with Besance Forever and Quill Forever on the Hank Hunt because the proceeds that have been raised from this have been or will be given back. And you have a goal in mind, too. I do. That, yeah. that we're building towards here. So, um, Hunter, welcome back again. It's yeah, always thanks, a, Travis. It's always a pleasure to yeah. be able to walk a field with you. We had the distinct joy of watching the Brocco Italiano show out there again today <laughs> and with a teeny tiny one at your side.
2: Yeah. I uh, I brought Carmela out this year, um, along with Mona. So Carmela's five months old, and um, didn't really know what to really expect. But by the end, she was uh, retrieving some birds and gaining confidence yeah. and letting people pet her. I guess every once in a while.
0: <laughs> Do you can you take those dogs anywhere without having? I mean. All the ladies at the staff here, they had to come out. All the guys are over there, too. I mean, that little five-month-old puppy's ears are, you know, like full-grown dog size ears, but just a tedious little body.
2: Yeah, there should some be some residuals coming in from breeders across the world right now <laughs> right. every time I go somewhere. But, um, yeah, they do everything, you know. It's for them, so that's why I'm here. Yep. Uh, lost a five-year-old beta um, this summer. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. Pheasants Forever had a spot available that you guys put up for auction, and I was able to bid on it and win. So, you know, I'm here again. Probably sick of talking to me, and you <laughs> never me, sick but, of talking to you. That's but, the thing yeah.
0: about these kind of events is we always seem to leave as friends. And you and I have been friends for four years now because you bid on the original hunt that we auctioned off with Pheasants Forever back during covid when we we're trying to help raise money what can we do all the all of the banquets have been canceled but we still want to keep doing our part and trying to put
2: habitat on the ground and so the, the road trip in south dakota started this all <laughs> right yeah you were the first everybody has a skill set so it's winning an auction i guess that's where, where i'm at <laughs> <laughs> well it's definitely not winning lease. no say that. <laughs> i uh i hope those records are burned, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Does anyone know what the final was? I think Adam did you win? Oh yeah, Adam won Adam for won. sure. Yeah. Okay, so can you? I if, I don't want to open up a wound here, but would you mind sharing what happened this summer to? Vena? Uh
2: yeah, well I don't know final answers, but it was probably some kind of invasive body inside. Um, she got sick. Um, she. We had her lymph nodes removed and thought that maybe they aggressively keep doing surgery to kind of get ahead of the whatever was inside of her. Um, ended up removing a lung. Um, I was on a fishing trip and came back. Probably was back. She got discharged that day after she had had her lung removed. And um had been home for about an hour and she just... Walked upstairs, jumped on the bed where she, she lays down, and then um, kind of went into a seizure and then just passed away. So I think she waited. You know, it's a tough dog. Waited till I got home and um, just wanted to go where he was comfortable. And, um, yeah, you know, in, in the prime of her career, it's tough. You know, you're not ready for a five-year-old dog to pass away you know some of the dogs that that get to their end of their age or hunting age or life you you you're prepared for it you know it's just like a gut punch at five and um you know you plan out everything I think when you're an upland hunter you're like oh I'm going to do this road trip I'm going to do this I'm going to have this planned out I'm going to space my dogs out here so there's one that can learn and then something like that happens and it just turns your hunting world upside down. I know it's not right. the end of the world, but um yeah, that was that was what happened this this summer and then trying to fight the urge not to rush and make more bad decisions and like get a puppy right away and push a puppy to get in the field and all that came into play. But good advice from a lot of good people put me on the right path. What do you think was the best advice you got? Oh. <laughs> You obviously uh, made the decision yeah, to send I mean, another check to like, Hungary. Yeah, should I introduce a male into my pack? And I was like, uh, I'm not gonna do that. I'm I'm used to female dogs, so I'm not gonna do that. So there was a, a beautiful Brocco boy that I was, you know, like staring at in the face and I was like, I'm not gonna not gonna do this. And then uh Emily Spoyar and her her boyfriend were in North Dakota. And um I'm trying to pick out which dog I'm going to get. And I'm like, I think I should get maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd not only then lose my girlfriend and, and have two dogs right. and yeah, Ashley possibly go wrong. Yeah. No, Ashley would have probably killed me um, at that point. And we love you, Ashley. You yeah. Would have yeah. Done yeah. That to, two know. puppies. I mean, who says no to two puppies? Yes, anyway, it would have been, been an eight year later problem that I would have <laughs> had to deal with an immediate problem right away. And then eight years later, probably when they're both, coming to the end of their hunting careers that I'd have to have a bigger problem. So that was, you know, that was the, the good advice. It's like, get, get one puppy. So.
0: Well, that puppy had put, made quite an impression on Mr. Jimmy Bryan here okay. and the staff. And so it's opened up the conversation several times this week. How do you get one of those dogs? Where'd you find them?
2: Um, You get lucky. Uh, I wanted, a bloodhound. Well, I didn't know what I wanted. I wanted a bloodhound. I think this
0: is the uh, fourth. Your fourth. problem. yeah.
2: Um, and you, I don't know. You watch like where the red fern grows, or like you see these coon hounds, and you're like, oh, this is this is what I want. And then my dad, Rob, I think, locking you What are you going to hunt with a bloodhound? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, rac- <laughs> raccoons and so you know I can't be like. Everybody in my family who had labs at the time, I had to be different. So I just got on the internet and went down looking for bird dogs, like Google search bird dogs. And I found one that looked like a bloodhound when I was doing it. The story of how I got one was a really nice lady who was from Romania and then uh, went over to Hungary, found a breeder. And I've been getting dogs from him ever since. He's a great guy.
0: What was it like the first time you did you like you didn't send a check over?
2: Are you Western Union, <laughs> yeah, you have to Western <laughs> Union money over now. Like, I was a, like a 28 year old, I'll call myself a kid when I was 28 years old, but like yeah. young to the world at that point. And, uh, yeah, you send money, you wire money over, and it's, i i the name escapes me what the Hungarian currency is, but it's back and forth in euros. And I think some dogs i've got a good better deal than when the dollar's better than the euro <laughs> it's better like, times yeah. to buy but it's gabor so he's he's it's an amazing kennel and he's done an, an awesome job i've gotten great dogs and
0: um do you do you know where this dog is going to arrive do you have to go to the airport i have to
2: go to the airport yeah so i've uh ashley and i have picked him up and it's you think you, you don't go to like luggage claim or whatever. You yeah. have to actually go to the cargo and then you pay import fees and a little different. But it's been, you know, Chicago and Detroit where I've picked up the dogs and it's.
0: Are they, I mean, it's a puppy that you're getting. Yeah. And that's a long flight. They're potty trained or uh, how does that, I mean, they've, like.
2: They've done a good job. Yeah. Budapest to Warsaw and <laughs> Warsaw to. That sh- just Chicago seems wild to me. Yeah. Budapest to.
0: Is that my you Bronco or yeah. is that somebody else's? Yeah. I just don't know yeah, for they,
2: sure. I mean, they do a great job. They travel really well. I think that, you know, I've lucked. I don't know if I've lucked out because I think they've all been great. And, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I hear people picking up dogs from the airport before, so I don't, I, 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 I know, it sounds, I know it, sounds it sounds ludicrous, right? Scott, you but know, a bunch of people like, picking up dogs. Somebody's up a know, dog I, from I, the I airport. Did, I've Come heard of that Come on, around.
1: Yeah, but, but, so you start out with Western Union. Do you like Venmo now? Do they convert to hung- Hungarian no, currency I've got street cred. No, i street He's
2: been, he's really good. The breeder's really good. He doesn't take deposits until feet are on the ground. So I think like, I don't know, there's not like this, you know, a big waiting line of like what to do. So, but, um, you can do a wire, yeah, do a wire transfer. Or you could do Western Union. Like oh, if they do the same thing, but, you know, the, uh, the banking world is different nowadays. Well, uh, yeah.
0: It's, there's a lot of trust out there. Yeah. I guess, and
2: yeah. I mean, I've got, I've, goes I've, both had, I've had to vouch. I have had to vouch for it. It gives, gives my number to uh, people in the United States that, that are maybe a little leery of what's going on and, right. you know, Hey, is this really going to happen? And it's like, yeah, it's really going to happen. And um, they're great hunting dogs and great companion dogs. Um, you know it's hard not to smile. I think when you see them because they're goofy and lovable.
0: Well, I told you this several times today. Every single time I looked at Carmel, Carmela, yeah, yeah, every time I looked at her, I just had a smile on my face. You can't look at that tiny little dog with the massive ears and the big jowls and not just <laughs> smile.
2: Yeah, I yeah, mean, they're fun.
0: All right, let's let's slide over a little bit. We've got Steve Hall, Cast Iron Kennels to your right. Hogs, dogs, and babies, what's your motto?
3: (laughs) Hogs, dogs, kids, you need them, we got them. (laughs) (laughs) And you're from where? I'm from Western Iowa. And uh, yeah, I'm a hog farmer Uh, It's my main income and the dogs are really my passion. Yeah. So Um, what kind of dogs? English setters, man, hard to beat them. Yeah, I got to hunt with Reggie today
0: and what a team between Reggie, Mona, Carmella and Daisy wearing the goggles. <laughs> what are those goggles called again? Rex specs. Yeah. So she took a dagger into the eyeball, which now Scott and I were tell- talking last night. We're like, we we are totally made for each other in every way. Oh yeah. I've talked openly about taking a fishhook to the eyeball about a month and a half ago, and now my dog takes a a shot, and I've been going back and forth texting with a vet, um, Jay Brecky, who I've had on this show, and I. Sent him a little video, and I said, what do you think here? What's your recommendation? He gave me some advice, and we all looked at it and said, I don't know. I mean, she just wanted to hunt today, so uh, one of the guides here, he grabs the goggles out of the truck, and he goes, do you want to try these? Yeah, he's like, like,
3: oh, I got some in my truck. Hey, man, just come on over. (laughs) Check it out.
0: Right. (laughs) So we we put her on, and we played the Top Gun theme song, and we let her loose out there, (laughs) and she didn't know anything was different.
2: Yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah, it was so I between Carmela and Daisy, I mean, what a bunch of goofballs, but Reggie kept us on track.
3: He's the old man in the group. He's yep. the old man in the group. He's almost 8, so he This was a great trip for him. Uh where we're at, we have limited quail numbers. We do have some, but it's it's nothing like uh you don't go quail hunting, you go pheasant hunting and you get a quail or two. It's a bonus bird still.
0: When you see quail, do you see pretty good sized cubbies? Sometimes.
3: Around? Yeah, they, they exist, but they're pretty scarce, and we don't try to pick on them too hard because, you know, if you shoot them down too small, they won't survive. they got to have numbers to survive the cold weather, so we don't, we don't hit them too hard.
0: So you shot, I think you told me, 72 pheasants this year? Or yeah. Like 72 yep. on yep. your...
3: Right at 72.
0: Yeah, um, It's a pretty good number, and it makes me wonder, why on earth would you want to come down to Mississippi and spend a week with us down here and
3: chase more birds around? I'm a fool. You can't keep me out of the field. <laughs> Glutton for punishment. So, is this a, this was a birthday present to yourself? That's correct. Yep. Uh, I was listening to the podcast while I was power washing hog barns, and if you've ever done that, you know that's not very fun. <laughs> and it was July third. I'll never forget it. And you guys were talking about how great this was going to be and the cost, and the, I was sitting there feeling sorry for myself because I was inside on a nice day working hard, and uh. Then they said the dates, and I was like, yeah, Reggie really does like to hunt quail. Boy, I better go make a call. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah.
0: So um, I'll probably come back around and ask you guys any of your favorite moments here, but are there any dogs before we move over to Adam? Are there any dogs in your, in your history, in your life that stand out? As you mentioned, you you run a kennel operation as well. Um, are there any dogs that got you into it to the point that you're at today?
3: Yeah. Well, it, it, they're uh fictional. It was big red. Jim Kiergaard, he wrote the, the books big red and, and so on. And, and, uh, as a young boy, that really captured my imagination. And I, I love bird hunting and being outdoors. And, and, uh, so I actually started with Irish setters and they're beautiful. They were stunning dogs, but they just weren't, they weren't hunters. And I know there's People that have hunters that are Irish and use them and they're, Mm -hmm. they're great, but it's like rolling a load of dice to go to English They're more drive and a little more prey. They've got it going on. It's just, I've had better luck. And so that's why I stuck there.
0: So big shout out to your mom and dad, because as we sit down here enjoying a nice beverage in front of a fire with the. Warm air blowing by after hunting and seeing more quail, than we know what to do with. And there's 12 and 14 pound bass in this pond, by yep. the way, right out there. Your mom and dad are watching 11 teeny tiny little dogs yep.
3: for you right now. Yes, that's right. We've got a litter on the ground, and my parents are. My father's 81, and my mother will be 81 in a few days. And uh they have puppies in their home that they are watching. <laughs> we got 11 puppies in there. They have been under watch for 24 hours, seven days a week since they were born. So.
0: Wow. How many litters do you have every year?
3: I've got three females and I breed them once a year and, uh, I don't, uh, I don't go outside of that. And it just, it works nice. And kind of like Hunter was saying, I don't take deposits usually until the feet are on the ground. My main gig is the farming and the, the dogs are my passion. It becomes a lot when you're trying to keep, you know a dozen customers in a line and send pictures and updates when there's no updates there's nothing happening you're just waiting for puppies
0: you ever put a puppy in a box and load it on an airplane and send it to europe
3: i have not sent any to europe i did have a gentleman pick one up with a jet out of north dakota he flew down from he had been in alaska fishing the next day he was in minnesota And he said, "I'll be in your town in like 48 minutes." I was like, "This is not a Cessna." (laughs) uh, (laughs) Oh my goodness! He's like, "Does this happen regularly?" I was like, "Yeah, no, not really." (laughs) So did he come out to your place? Did you have to go meet him? I met him at the airport there in town. He flew in. I was like, "Oh my god, that's that's the plane!" Wow. (laughs) So,
0: well, if you're listening to this, you've heard me tell all these stories about Daisy, and a lot of people have reached out about convincing Tyler Webster to have the oops breed again and I maybe have gotten Tyler a little bit closer mm-hmm. um but he said the only catch is that once CJ the mom gets bred I got to take her and then I got to raise the puppies so what does that all entail what is it like to do that 3 times every year
3: oh it's it's a lot more than a lot of people really think you know it, it's not puppies are born puppies are sold it's puppies are born puppies are wormed puppies are have their dew claws removed you Got to watch out that the mama won't smash them. You got to have a warm place for him. I breed for puppies that come in the late fall and early winter because I can't control when the new owner takes the dog hunting, but I can control how old the dog is roughly when it goes into its first season. Oh, mm-hmm. well, it's a ton of work. You're scooping snow, and uh, it's just uh, if, if you don't want to have a lot of work, don't do puppies. <laughs> yes.
0: All right, thanks for talking me out of it. We're gonna slide over. Um, talk to Adam here for just a second and we'll definitely keep this moving here I mean the time goes flying by here so a question that we get asked regularly is where is a good spot to pheasant hunt in South Dakota well Huron is an excellent place to hunt pheasants they have over 30,000 acres of publicly accessible hunting land within 20 miles of their city limits they also have five dog friendly hotels in town and the Huron area is home to more than 10 different lodges and outfitters that are all ready to make your hunting experience memorable and turnkey. Huron is regularly ranked first or second in pheasants harvested in the state of South Dakota each year. And their hosts pride themselves on treating guests like family. If that isn't enough, you're also invited to participate in Huron's 27th annual Ringneck Festival and bird Dog Challenge, October 31st through November 2nd. It's a six-man competition that you will never forget. So I guess to answer the question about a great spot to hunt pheasants in South Dakota, I'd suggest looking at one of the many options in Huron. Visit the Huron team at Pheasant Fest this year or check them out at HuntHuronSD.com. If there's one thing that we live for here at The Flush, it's bird hunting. And we all know that you can't have good bird hunting without good habitat. Few people know more about bird habitat then Hoxie Native Seeds. Family owned and operated, Hoxie Native Seeds has provided bird hunters across the Midwest with countless acres of premium native habitat mixes sourced straight from their own fields in the heart of Iowa. Perennial food plots, quail mixes, pheasant mixes, CRP, even dog friendly seed mixes. To learn more, go to HoxieNativeSeeds.com. That's H-O-K-S-E-Y. NativeSeeds.com to order your own premium hunting habitat mixes today.
4: Flush Nation, are you tired of lugging your shotgun through the fields, feeling the strain on your back and shoulders? Well, no more. Introducing Ready Rest, the ultimate shotgun rest designed for hunters like you. Ready Rest is a game changer that lets you carry your shotgun effortlessly for hours without fatigue setting in. Ready Rest lets you go longer and put on more boot miles. Whether you're a seasoned hunter or a beginner just starting out, Ready Rest is perfect for anyone who wants a little extra support in the field. If you've ever experienced arm, shoulder, or back pain while carrying your shotgun, Ready Rest is your solution. Ready Rest keeps your shotgun safely pointed up, ready to shoulder. It's the ideal companion for those long days in the field, giving you confidence to go the distance without tiring. Get Ready Rest now and take your hunting experience to the next level. Visit ReadyRest.com to grab your Ready Rest today because everybody deserves a break um adam
0: how do you pronounce his name hunter you nailed it before
2: riella there it
0: is (laughs) welcome what brought you down here to mississippi
5: i'm kind of like well hunter said it and you kind of said it things happen for a reason i didn't sign up originally and i just actually kind of a mistake on your guys' part. I have looked on Instagram <laughs> yeah. and you guys had posted that there was sp- an open. spot
0: opened up, yeah. Oops.
5: And I was going to scroll past it. And then I believe you guys were sitting on a tailgate and I never have the volume on. And I actually, I was waiting to get in an appointment and I hit the volume and you were saying, Oh, someone backed out. Hmm. And then I looked to see how many minutes it had been posted for. And I'm like 27, 27 minutes or something. And there wasn't even really a comment. So I hit the call button and some poor lady in Mississippi answered the phone and she's like, people keep calling me about talking about dogs and hunting. And it's like, I have nothing to do with it. So, uh, <laughs> <guys>. oops, <laughs> Whose fault is
1: this guy? That was two generations ago. So, I don't know it's yours. What Travis. Travis? You should have proofed that better.
5: <laughs> so, that is not my posting. <laughs> so I apologized.
0: So what happened was we posted the wrong number. Then. Correct. Yes, by so, two
1: two
5: digits, I believe.
2: And uh, <laughs> we,
1: we actually that the guy. scary part is we posted the wrong number originally. So how did you guys all get the right place is what I want to know. <laughs> because search the yeah, that poor lady was getting calls all yeah, summer long. Yeah. So that's what
5: I did is I Google searched it. And uh, Jenny was actually off that day. So I left a message and I never heard back. And that night when I got home, I was talking to my wife. And I said, oh, by the way, uh, tomorrow's my birthday, the 24th. I said, I may have signed up for this hunt, but it's probably low probability because I had to leave a message and I got a wrong number, first of all. (laughs) And and, uh, it was a few minutes before 11 o'clock on the 24th. I was actually at the DMV waiting to renew my license, my driver's license, and um, Prairie Wildlife called. And I was expecting bad news. And she said, oh, I had lots of calls, but yours was first. Are you in?
4: Oh, and I'm awesome. like,
5: absolutely. And she's, well, don't you want to hear about it first? I'm like, no, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, uh, oh. and uh, it was great. So I'm like, I'm here. Who are you hunting with down here? Um, my three about three-year-old uh, dog, Cash.
0: Cash is a rock star. I got to hunt with Cash, you and Cash, last night.
1: And Cash is half Clydesdale, by the way. <laughs> cash is a big gsp
0: mick we will get to mick in a in a little bit too but i don't know i mean just watching those dogs they all there were several times where all three of our dogs were locked in on point and i for me i think the most memorable like bird and dog moment that i'll take away from this was that explosion of birds that came between all three of our dogs in that one bush, I don't know, how many came out of there? It was just been wow,
5: close to a dozen, maybe I more. Think, oh yeah. There was more yeah. than that. Yeah.
0: And they were right underneath our feet. And it was just like, when you think of the quail, the Bob white awesome. quail explosion, I mean, it's
5: awesome. You can feel it. Not only see it, you feel it. Yeah. If you don't, you're, you shouldn't be out here.
0: Tell us about cash.
5: So he's been a great dog for me. You know, we got him in uh, Kansas. He's our second short hair. Our first one really got me into hunting. But yeah, so Cash came along at a great time for us. Our first short hair uh, had ripped a tendon in his uh, back um, leg. And he was about five or six. And the vet had said, we don't know how much longer he can hunt for. I want you to do short hunts. And at the time I was on the waiting list for Cash. Or for another short hair. And mm-hmm. probably within an hour of the vet calling me, we got a, a phone call from uh, the breeder from Standing Stones that, hey, they, someone backed out of a, a litter and you're up. Do you want to, um, wh- what do you think? And I it was like, it fell out of the sky, right? It was like, God was watching over you here. Now you need, here's your other dog. Wow. and uh, And actually our first dog has, not even missed a beat. It's like half the time you know, he may um be on three legs sometimes, but it's like it's you can't stop stop him. but and the drive that they have. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And uh yeah, and it's having a second dog, I mean, has even allowed me to hunt more and I think fueled my passion to hunt more. And um he's come along very nicely and oh yeah. Um he's a yeah, rock star out and, there. And, uh, where thank you, it's,
0: where uh, you've got a Rough grouse fan on your sweatshirt. There, you're up in the North Woods. Where do you, Where do you normally hunt? All over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I live in the Upper Peninsula
5: of Michigan, the good part of Michigan, and um, so hunt a lot of <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, hunt a lot of woodcock and grouse. But then I spend a fair amount of time in uh, North Dakota, um, some in South Dakota, make a few trips to Iowa. And, um, yeah. And, uh, I was in Nebraska this year and some years, Kansas. So it's,
0: so you've, you've hunted quite a bit and <clears throat> this, this was an exceptional bird hunting year across the Midwest. Really. Absolutely. Did you, I mean, how does this season rank for you? What you experienced out there this year compared to years past? Was this your best ever? I would say it was
5: epic. I mean, it's definitely, um, Especially the sharp-tailed grouse this year uh, were just unreal. i It's. I. I. Thinking back five, six years, I could have never imagined a year this this good. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, it's been awesome.
0: And rough grouse in Michigan. Same. I didn't get over that far east, but I mean, yeah. everyone in. Wisconsin. There actually, wasn't
5: any birds in. There's no, no rough grouse in yeah, Upper that's, Peninsula that's too. So, same. Yeah.
0: Same in Minnesota.
5: Clear in woodcock
1: either. Oh. No. Yeah. Trees are all gone, clear cut, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. nothing <laughs> yeah. nothing to see here.
0: Slim,
5: similar to Tucson, actually.
0: <laughs> was there any part of this hunt the last couple of days or the Halise game? And we'll get into describing what that is. Maybe you can describe it, Scott, um, that stood out to you this week that you'll know, take back with you? Actually, I think for me,
5: it was hunting with Pete and his dog. I mean, I think in short order, at least I felt like like we've been hunting buddies for many years and uh you know just and we had our guide bird dog I mean I would say just the three of us together I mean we just got along great and our our dogs immediately were like two old litter mates I mean they're running together pointing backing and uh, I mean it was I'm getting chills just thinking about it I mean it was just awesome and uh it was happened so quick and um and I think that bond, and everyone has said it, it, forms so fast, right? When you're out in the field and you are still taking a life together. And I think that joins you together. And so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This experience. Um, <clears throat> Scott, did, did, do we know, did anybody actually
1: check the scores on the police? Was Adam? I, I, I don't know that anyone checked the scores. Did yeah. you? He, was so, he? Who won?
5: You did. Well, oh, oh. I, I'm a gracious hunting partner, so I <laughs> <laughs> I pulled up on that last one in my round so he could step
0: ahead cuz
5: what a guy. gracious
1: <laughs> what a guy. What a giving crew no we kidding. got here.
0: Hunter, maybe can you pass the, your headset over here? I just want to get some rebuttal over this uh, <laughs> this game over here. Pete, we're going to jump in here. Scott, can you explain what this game is? is and what Did I even pronounce it
1: correctly? Police. I, I think you did. I, you know, I, I'm going to pronounce it the same way. I, actually, I would describe it as singular chaos because it imitates uh, a covey, a, a quail cubby flush, except it's one bird. You don't know where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. It's like sporting clays. And with a propeller with the, on the bird yep. that can fly anyway, and there's there's five towers, I'll call them, or, or stations. And you press a button to tell them it you're ready. And then when you're ready, you say pull, and you don't know which one is coming from. And it can fly away, sideways, it's up, voice down.
0: activated. Yeah, too. yeah, that's a crazy part. And even the same box would shoot one of these out. And you could shoot it four times in a row, and it's going to go four different
1: directions. It Correct. can go
0: up, down, left, right. It's the closest thing you can get to while shooting a bird
1: that without actually shooting a bird. Well, in addition to, the clays are plastic, and they have a plastic propeller, I'll call it on it. And we, we pulled one. You brought one back from the field, and if you don't hit it the right way, it does not break. Mm-hmm. So the one that you brought in from the field had multiple BBs in it that did not break and we had birds that would, you'd break a part of the propeller off, but you wouldn't break the yeah, bird. like a helicopter
0: yeah. propeller and therefore if the wind catches it, it could go up, it could go down. You just have no idea it's, where it's, it's gonna far go. far and
1: away the, the best shooting game I've ever played. For, for far sure. Far and away.
0: Uh, let's talk to the grand champion himself here. Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> Pete, come on in. Holy moly, what's the secret to your success?
4: Uh, just close your eyes and uh, pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, it, no, uh, Mary got to go out uh, a little bit earlier. Oh, so and, she was giving you the. Yeah, coach. you know, she got some uh, downloaded advice and mm-hmm. it was uh, no, it was uh, very interesting. I've never seen anything like that. I've, I've shot, you know, skeet, trap, sporting glaze. And
0: you, you and your wife, Mary, came down here together yeah. and yep. you guys shoot trap together at the horse and Hunt sporting, place. sporting clays sporting yeah. clays okay in minnesota so you're the only other minnesotan down here yeah in our crew
4: um and you guys do it husband and wife are you in a league or how does that work yeah we shoot a summer league out there um our uh, we have a team that consists of about 11 12 people uh we have three gals that shoot with us you know so boys and girls shoot together and uh we just have a good time with it and I was telling some of the other people, I was like, it's funny when you get the gals together. They're more competitive than the guys, you know, and watching all the shooters grow throughout the summer and everybody gets better and uh, it's 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 fun. She's
0: a better shot than most of us, I think, (laughs) from what I saw today. And it was really fun to watch her out there shooting. It reminded me of when I go with my wife and shoot too. My wife is a better shot than I am. Yeah. I mean, she'll get on a roll and she'll bust 10 clays in a row. And I'm like, what's, what do you got? Uh, what's your secret over there, honey? And she's like, can you just shoot them? You know, <laughs> just but, point the gun. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, so like I mentioned, you guys, you and your wife came down here from Minnesota and who were you hunting with? I was, I was hunting with Adam. But I meant like who's the dog that you brought with? Oh. I, I did a very <laughs> terrible <laughs> job of asking that okay, question. Okay, cut that out. Yeah. 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 I brought well, the unfortunately, Mick. Unfortunately, Brandon leaves all my mistakes in. <laughs> I brought Who the Mick the, with me. Uh, Mick. Okay. And Mick is a
4: GSP? Yep. yep. Gotcha. Yep.
0: Why in the world would you want to drive all the way to Mississippi to go chase some little birds around?
4: <sighs> you know, it's uh I it started way long time ago last year. Yep. Uh I, I follow the podcast and we were driving down the road and i threw the cell phone and when you announced it and i was uh two people too late uh, oh for two, last year's hand yeah out? last oh. year's hand and okay and uh then we fast forward to this year and i was in my office and you released it and oh i called got jenny on the phone okay i said i have to walk out to my truck and get my my billfold. And I'll call you back. So on the way out, I called Mary. I was like, hey, I got in. And then we started talking about all this other stuff. Wonderful wife, by the way. Yeah, we could all this other stuff. We could do this. And I was like, "Okay, I won't. So it was about a week later. uh, We were up uh, my friend of mine's uh, resort up north and we were vacationing. I forgot to call Jenny back and said I didn't want to do it. So she She, put you down. Yeah. Bless her. Jenny (laughs) called and We had spent the afternoon doing a winery tour up at uh, Brainerd. And uh, I was like, it's a call from Mississippi. and She's like, do it. Okay. So I talked to Jenny and that's how we ended up. Have you quail
0: hunted before?
4: Yeah. Uh, A couple of occasions down in uh, Georgia and in Kansas. Okay. Gotcha. What was the Georgia hunt like? Uh, Georgia hunt was, you know, it was liberated birds. Um, It was, uh, if you could picture georgia tall pine trees everything is that you know uh, pine straw you know grounds real low cover that's what i envision too yeah i think georgia when you come here this looks more like you know some successional habitat it looks Mm -hmm. more like pheasant country to me Um, a lot of this stuff around here but um different yeah um
0: do you have any dogs in your life that really stood out to you that you wanted to come and celebrate, or was it more so just to gather around and go on a bird hunt?
4: Uh, I've, I've been blessed with some dogs, you know, the, the past and the current, um, you know, the, uh, my, my first short hair was, uh, Mr. Bubbs and, uh, he was, kind of came to me. Uh, I didn't have him as a puppy. He was actually a rescue dog and, and, uh, turned out to uh just being that dog that everybody wishes from yeah we ended up uh he pushed me the dog kind of pushed me into tournament hunting and and uh we won uh we won some paychecks and we won a lot of cool uh awards and stuff and and that's kind of kept me onto the pointer side and uh i have uh, uh miss Penny, mm-hmm. which is my uh second chassis i've had so i, I um who is a very solid upland dog? Um, uh, people are like, you up mm-hmm. you hunt with a chassis. And it was yeah. like, no, seriously. You know, she she does well.
0: So one thing that I've tried to ask the guests that we've had on the last couple of weeks is like, what keeps you coming back to listen to the podcast? Is it that you just like to talk listen to us talk about dogs? Are you trying to get information about dog training? Is it Places or do you just like to hear stories about bird hunting? I I want to know because we have a show every week, you know, and I want to make sure that we're producing information that's enjoyable to listen to and also might be helpful to to you. So like, what keeps you coming back to listen to this show?
4: Well, I think I just talked with Scott a little bit ago, and I was just like, you know what, what thing you guys I think really do well is kind of show the story show the story of what it looks like when i hunt yeah i fall on my rear i miss you know my dogs screw up you know i you know things happen and then you have these successes and then you celebrate the successes in these beautiful landscapes that we have uh the the dogs we get to enjoy the people we get to enjoy that's i see so much of that in in you guys and and that's what I'm really strikes a chord for me.
0: That's the TV show side, but the podcast side. What what information comes? You said on more Scott bot- on the podcast. He said more you want, Scott. Yeah. You want yeah, a more lot Scott.
1: more Scott. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, every I'll, Tuesday morning at ten AM. Tuesday you can morning at ten AM. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> you can meet yep. Brandon and plan out next week's show. No, I'm kidding. But is there information that's helpful for you? That, are there guests that we have on the show that you like to listen to?
4: Oh yes. I mean, the, it's it's just yeah you you because you guys cover so many facets you know, from you know just the nutrition to the habitat to you know the the firearms to you this you kind of seem to bounce around and you hit on so many uh facets of it and that's what it keeps it interesting and it, it's stuff that i'm like oh here i'm thinking about that
0: you know cool We've talked about some of this with the others too this week, but I just um, i I know I speak for you, Scott, when you say this that it means a lot to us to be able to uh, like come up with an idea as an invitation to bring people together, and people actually want to come yeah, Scott exactly you yeah. know, and that to us is so humbling and so cool, and we can't thank you guys enough for making the trip down here and investing your time and resources, because we're giving the resource that the financial resources that we can back. Mm -hmm. So Scott, you made this, uh, we, we talked about this here in our group, but the last two years we've partnered the Hank hunt with Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. And you guys have helped us raise $20,000 to give them. And that to us gives me goosebumps because of you. And I just can't even express the gratitude that we have to all of you guys for what you've done and the fact that every week you tune back in. People right now that are listening, they're driving and you're listening to us live our life. And we've had conversations where you're like, oh yeah, I know this. And I'm like, oh wow, how do you know that? And like, well, I follow what you're Mm -hmm. doing. To me, that is, you know, it's very humbling and I can't thank you guys enough for that. Scott, I know I'm bringing you back in here and I just, just said what you have raised here. Hank has raised this. You have raised this. You have put a lot of time and energy into planning these and to trying to do your very best to make it a great experience for everybody. And the goal at the end of this that you have is that you want to create a place that Hank's name can proudly stand where other people can go hunt by partnering with Presence Forever. So how does that happen?
1: Well, I I would say it's not just Hank's name. You know, I I think Hank is a symbol for Upland Hunters, And um, Hunter spoke about what he went through. And if you're an Upland Hunter, you have a dog. And at some point you have to say goodbye to that dog. And it's the worst thing ever. Um, What I want to be able to do at some point is have a place where we as upland hunters especially upland hunters that um, connect with the flush can go walk with their dog and hopefully see some birds uh get some flushes harvest a bird Uh, but just know that um this this ground what not men whether it's exclusively through the handguns, which could be a pipe dream, maybe it's not, but it's part of something else. Um, they participated in it and, um, and are having fun because that's what following your dog is all about, is having fun, sharing that uh, teamwork aspect of it, and, and then the camaraderie with your hunting buddies. And that camaraderie can be with your animal, or with a group of four or five or more or whatever that is. And um, if, if we can do it right, Bob St. Pierre, are you listening? If we can do this right, <laughs> right. I, I would like to um, be able to put all the hunters that are participating in the Hank Hunt on something to memorialize that. Um, that's my dream. Yeah. That's yeah. my dream. Yeah, That'd be cool. it would be real cool.
0: There's no question that we're living through a strange winter this year, but that next Arctic blast can hit at any moment. One thing that many of us still need to prepare for in our outdoor adventures is heat. Mr. Heater is the king at bringing heat into the wildest places. I've used a Mr. Heater buddy heater for years when I go ice fishing, camping, and when I bring my kids out hunting in the deer blind or duck and goose blinds to keep them comfortable enough to enjoy the experience. One thing that I've really noticed lately is the cost of all those one-pound propane tanks that run my buddy heater. The price has skyrocketed. That's why Mr. Heater launched a new product called the Fuel Keg. The Mr. Heater Fuel Keg allows you to fill your own one-pound propane tanks directly from your own propane sources at home, like a 20-pound tank. It takes about 60 seconds to fill, and it's really easy to use. The Fuel Keg comes with its own adapter kit, and for obvious safety reasons, you'll want to make sure that you follow the directions they provide. If you use this kind of heat for your outdoor adventures, the Fuel Keg is a big deal that can save you a lot of money and save hundreds of thousands of those one-pound propane tanks from making it into our landfills. Find the full lineup of Mr. Heater items along with their new Fuel Keg at MrHeater.com. If you're an active outdoorsman or woman on the go, then odds are good that you have toys and equipment that you need to haul. Well, our friends at Aluma Trailers, they've got you covered. Their trailers are built by a hardworking team in Bancroft, Iowa, right here in the good old USA. They have models for all of your hauling needs, from ATV and UTV trailers to utility, snowmobile, motorcycle, car trailers, and even fully enclosed trailers like mine. Trust me when I say that Aluma trailers tow gear like a dream. Their trailers are constructed out of lightweight, strong, corrosion-resistant aluminum, and they are 100% maintenance-free. Plus, they come with an industry-best five-year warranty. Visit alumaklm.com to find a trailer that fits your needs. Now's a great time to make the most of all that tasty meat you harvested. Maybe it's time to try a new recipe, sprinkle on a new seasoning, or make your own jerky and sausage. Trust me, it's not that hard to do, and it can be fun for the whole family. It doesn't matter what you harvested or what you want to prepare with it. Walton's has you covered. Walton's has everything but the meat. That's their motto. Waltons.com has everything, and I mean everything you need to process and prepare your meat. Plus, they have an online community called MeatGistics that's full of recipes and meat processing information. The sky's the limit, my friends. You don't have to be a pro to cook like one. Head to Waltons.com today and enjoy meat processing season. Thankfully, it's a season that never ends. We're going to bring George into the conversation. George came barreling in all the way from Amarillo by morning. <laughs> did I get that right? You came from Amarillo, Texas? Yeah, and everybody sings it. I know. Do you get sick of it? Every single time. Yeah, every single <laughs> time. Wow. Wow. All right. Now go ahead and pass the mic over to Jake. <laughs> <You're down here. laughs> I'm just kidding. So um, you're not originally from Texas, though. So no. Where are you from?
6: See, I, I originally grew up in a small town, uh, Butler, Pennsylvania. It's about 45 minutes due north of Pittsburgh on the western side of the state.
0: And did you do a lot of bird hunting when you were growing up?
6: Growing up, no. Uh, say, the the pheasant population had dwindled to next to nothing. Grouse was still around. It's not what my grandfather did, because that's who brought me up hunting. It was more, you know, raccoon, uh, rabbit, deer, but it was always around. Did you have dogs then? I had, a, uh, I had a dog. I grew up with a golden retriever. She was more of a house pet, but, you know, she'd go out and run around. She She'd bring back a rabbit on occasion, but... nothing nothing that crazy
0: did you have uh coon dogs then your grandpa
6: yeah yeah we had a whole pack of 15 beagles
0: wow can you go back and relive any of those experiences i i just like maybe one story i can hear the howling in my dreams (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes to this day uh the the one i've always wanted to do that by the way so if somebody listening has beagles and they still go do it
1: Please, please Uh,
0: let me come with you one time. No,
1: just send Travis recordings on his voicemail. (laughs) You can listen to it that way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I will never own a beagle
6: in my life after that experience of growing up. Yeah, but you've got
0: to do it once, I I, Uh, No, no.
6: I'm not saying don't do it, but to have 15 beagles on your property at 2 in the morning when there's a raccoon running around, you'll want to give them away almost immediately.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe not, but i do have a goal to do that someday because i just i just feel like i don't know maybe it's the red fern grows right yeah. like you just remember that scene playing out and was that what it was like for you except for obviously 15 dogs
6: yeah pretty much uh about every thursday to sunday they're out running raccoons and I so say i get woken up at about nine o'clock at night when my grandfather like you're not sleeping yet let's go get in the truck You know, as i say because we started that with me and him i think i was seven so i wasn't allowed to carry a gun i got a stick i got to run around and beat brush behind dogs to make sure they didn't miss anything and slowly graduated to a 22 and then on and on and on and up but yeah it it got very entertaining in the middle of night when you're walking around and this is well before the technology with the the lighting that we have so nobody has headlamps no uh, gps none no, no GPS tracking. Uh, there's more than one time that we lost dogs, and we'd go out like two, three days later, and they'd be sitting on the side of the road just like, hey, uh, where'd you guys go? I've been <laughs> here for me. like <laughs> for like 14
0: hours. That uh, had to have been. I mean, could anybody in this room picture just leaving the, the quail woods, you know, and being like, well, sorry, Cash, you're gone. I didn't, I don't know where I went, so I guess maybe we'll check in a couple days. I think every one of us... It,
5: did you have a GPS? I think everyone else had a GPS, right? I didn't. Only, uh, I don't. Yeah, I I can't even imagine. I've never. You had- didn't
0: put on Kruger?
6: No, I I never had a GPS on any of my pointing dogs. I've never had to. They don't range that far. I can generally see them. He's a hundred and two pounds. No, 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 no. That's the that's that's the lab. Kruger's not on hundred two okay. pounds. The lab is hundred two pounds. Kruger's only fifty five. Thank goodness.
0: Oh my goodness. So I have to imagine. I mean maybe not but are those some of the best memories you have with your grandpa
6: hunting and fishing with my grandfather he was a lot better hunter than he was a fisherman and if he was fishing and i was with him his line was in the water but he was asleep <laughs> so i had to run my lines his lines apologize to people for especially when we were doing steel like, yeah i'm so sorry about this you know he's old it's fine i got it <laughs> he'd wake up like oh i did good and like yeah pap you did amazing what do dogs mean to you uh i say they're that's kind of a a multi answer for me um say I, I grew up with my golden retriever i had a good buddy uh when i was about fourth or fifth grade they had a pet german short hair that was my first experience of those kind of dogs ever you know i had the golden you know the you know onslaught of beagles and you know other coonhounds that were running around but uh that german even though he didn't hunt it was his personality you uh, know he just wanted to love on you run around have a good time and just the stylation of that dog that just fascinated me from that early age and uh you know i had my golden retriever for the most part almost the whole way through high school and she passed uh i left went to the marine corps uh, did eight years in the marine corps so i hadn't had a dog for at that point probably going on nine years as i was transitioning out i was like okay you know i don't necessarily know what i, knew, what I want to do with my life but i want a dog my mind went back to that fateful day of that first interaction with the german shorthair i was like hmm that would be i say if it's going to be any time this is going to be the time because i'm wide open and i can do anything you know started looking online you know started looking for breeders doing all my research on that breed and finding out what upland actually was because i had seen it seen it on tv shows this that and the other uh, this is before I, I think you guys were even published because this is 2012 for me, so the flush wasn't around yet. Uh, was it
0: around, Scott? Mm-hmm.
6: Was it called the or flush was it pheasant? I think it might have been pheasants forever F- television, F- for back television, back television. At that point, point? Oh, I, I think it was
0: 2013, we switched it to the flush. I
1: thought it was 12, but you might be right.
0: I don't know. Maybe it. Maybe it was earlier. But anyway, is yeah, it, yeah. I, I couldn't. You know, either way, I, I would find
6: some of that stuff, and a vast majority of the guides had Germans at that point in time, at least that was, you know, that I could find that was recorded. Uh, it says I was in Quantico, Virginia at the time. So not too far away from the Eastern side of Pennsylvania, found a kennel, called the guy, Hey, you know, I've never done this before. Looking at a puppy. This was going on with me, uh, get up there. And, uh, I think you might've heard this story. Or at least some of you've heard the story about how I ended up meeting uh, hunter, my first German. So I go up there, you know, all in puppy, meet the puppy. Uh, go to leave and he kind of mudders, you know, mutters mutters uh, an expletive under his breath and goes hold on sit down yeah you know, i have a dog that i want to introduce to you he's just coming out of my breeding program he's he, he's just not working out he's not a bad dog but he's just not working out okay uh how old is he six okay you know, sit down i'll bring him in okay in this tank of a dog walks in he a 95 pound german short hair. I'm say, I'm pretty sure the last time I, I I got bored and measured his chest, he was about, his chest was about mm, 14 to 15 inches wide. Oh, I've not heard this story yet. This is yeah. my first time. Yeah, yeah. So he he comes walking in. I'm sitting on the one side of this the chase lounge of the couch. And uh, he's not particularly interested in, you know, me being there, just a random human. He's like, well, why are you in my house? I don't really care. Comes up, he's doing the darn, you know, the sniff investigation. I have my jacket on because I was about to leave, and he gets up near my chest and my armpit, and he just plunges his head into the sleeve of my jacket and is just huffing my armpit for for whatever reason. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gets his head so deep into my jacket that his ears go past like where my sleeve would start. So he's stuck, and he can't get his head out. So you know, I pop his head out, and he just kind of looks at me like. I didn't need your help. What are you doing? Proceeds to walk around the end of the chase over to the door. where My boots were sniffed. My boots made the correlation ascent turns eye contact, kicks my boots over and sits down and puts his head up in the air. Like that's what you get for touching me. I don't know who you are. <laughs> okay. Interesting. <laughs> we could probably get along. Cause that's a, that's very similar, <laughs> similar aspects of that's just hilarious to me. So I'm like, Okay. Not sure, still kind of on the fence and, you know, still thinking more of a puppy. So I get up, and go over, put my boots on and tie him up, and grab the door handle. And I hear the guy just kind of mutter under his breath, like, oh no. Like, oh, um, what are you talking about? I don't, I didn't do anything. I just put my boots on, grab the door handle. What's going on? And I turn and look down to my right. And Hunter is sitting there, sitting perfect, staring up at me and his little tail is wagging. I'm like, well, this is happening now because apparently he's chosen me and I don't have a choice. Yeah. So here th- comes
0: a 95 pound. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I pay for him. I, I still had about a month, month and a half left in the Marine Corps, uh, go back to base. They were gracious enough to hold on to him for me. He didn't charge me anything extra. Uh, so the date I transitioned, so that would have been June, 13th or 14th of 2012 i transitioned out of active duty marine corps status drove immediately from marine corps base quantico straight up to suck hill haven uh pennsylvania which is a little bit north of harrisburg a pickup hunter again six-year-old dog you know had met me once apparently liked to huff my armpit and my my deodorant for whatever reason it never ridden with him you never really you know seen him run or anything like you know okay buddy let's go hopped in the truck i had a you know an area made up for him in the back seat well apparently that wasn't acceptable he hopped in the front passenger seat of course and stood there and looked at me like we going cuz <laughs> you're driving me now uh you know get him home and uh you know he was just the, the best dog you know it was an amazing hunter i'd had more than one person with him that had made trips out to South Dakota, that were family friends, they're like, you know, I've been around some dogs that do this for a living, and I don't think you understand how good this dog is. At hunting. Yeah. And uh, and like, th- that was your experience. That was my first experience with dogs in general. That, you know, and, and hunting upland birds. Correct. Right? And I'm like, sure. I mean, he does, you know, amazing. He finds the birds like he's supposed to. He brings them back. It's yeah. it's all good. And he's amazing. He's got a very snarky attitude. Um, but the the special thing about him, so uh everybody's very aware of military veterans transitioning, uh, trying to figure out what we're gonna do next. It is not an easy an easy solution or it's not the same solution for anybody. There's multifaceted paths that people take. It's easier for some than it is for others. I had planned to go to college that wasn't working out because it's just, it's a, you know, a very complicated story. It just, it didn't work out. Uh, so in, in one in particular day, I just haven't, it was bad. It was a very, very dark place for me. I'm sitting on, uh, the steps that led up out of the laundry room into the kitchen. And I, I had my head in my hands, just, just <laughs> didn't know what to do. Didn't know where things were going. And he comes around the corner and just sits his head on my shoulder and like one big solid lick to my face. And he kind of nuzzles in and he's kind of looking at me like, well, yeah, I know, buddy you're here too. Thanks for that. Uh, this is rough on me right now. You don't understand, but I got to figure something out for you. And he got me through some very, very emotionally and psychologically trying times to come out on the positive side of it and uh yeah he he was everything to me he started slowing down at about eight ish so i ended up getting another puppy and he pepped up for another two years but uh he ended up passing away at 12 he ended up with a tumor about the size of my fist in his chest it was not the reason his chest was that big i double checked after <laughs> the fact I was like is that reason no he was just big and okay cool uh <laughs> so he was obviously very sick he was losing weight very rapidly uh the, the doctors wanted to do i mean they wanted to do surgery steroids all kinds of craziness i'm like this is a 12 year old dog i'm not i'm not gonna do this to a dog that is gonna possibly pass pass away on an operating table away from me you know he's done more for me than some people have we're not doing that uh and you know i was like you know we'll get something to stimulate eating maybe put some weight back on this dog You know, we'll get him through this maybe a couple more days it worked once uh, the very next two or three days he just he wasn't having it uh but and he didn't really have the strength to get up but he he would still somehow make it into my bed every night and you know i'd have to get him out in the morning but i didn't put him there uh And the one morning I was like, you know, he he was just bad. And, you know, I called the vet, got the arrangements made, you know, come in with his collar and a leash. And he hadn't stood up on his own for, at that point in time, five days. You know, he would get up and he could stand there, but he couldn't pick himself up. He popped right up, put the collar on him. was very, very confused. And I could see it in his eyes. he's like, yeah, I know. But. I'm stubborn and I'm walking to the truck and I went to carry him into the vet and he struggled and put it on. He's, and he's like, you know, he was going on his feet on his terms with me there. Yeah. And I ended up having to call my grandmother cause I couldn't see how, you know, see the drive home. And that dog means everything to me. Now I have two German short haired pointers and a, and a moose for a chocolate lab. <laughs>
0: I appreciate you being willing to open up and share what you've gone through and I can't even begin to fathom what that dog has meant to you but I just know that I believe I speak for everyone in this room and people listening that we appreciate everything that you have done and gone through uh serving our country and and fighting for us here and I know that it's not easy and I'm so glad that you had Hunter there on those tough days and he got you through to where you are today so you can be here. So that we could spend time with you and, and share something special and leave here as friends. So thank you for being um, comfortable enough to share your story and to come out here.
6: Oh yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a choice. It was, if there was the opportunity, it was happening. Say if you know, not just for him, but just for like he said all of us here. And I say my story is a little bit slightly different, but in in the whole the same premise, the same feeling for the dog, it's still the same. And I say if more people were able to get in tune with that, I think we'd be in a a lot better place than we are currently.
0: Upland bird hunting—that's different than a lot of other hunting, certainly. Coon hunting is, is similar because you have, you're a team, yep. you can go duck hunting and you're still a team. The dog goes and gets the bird after the shot has been made. Typically in Upland, you don't get to make the shot unless the dog brings you to that moment. So the teamwork in Upland hunting is so special. And that's why we really bond so strongly with our dogs out there. And the teamwork is such a huge part of it that when people see it, they, there's something about it that they're like, I really kind of want to go do that again. Right. Or I want to get a dog now. And I have friends that have gotten dogs because of uh, just seeing what it's like to follow a dog that brings you to the, to the game and helps you become part of it. And it's, it's a magical thing and, and it's a partnership that grows over time and that doesn't ever, um, that doesn't ever change, no. you know, and each one of the dogs, I know for every one of you here, because this week has, has, has spoken so highly about your dogs. And I don't know anybody that really speaks poorly about their dogs. They may joke oh yeah, like I do about how much they drive us insane <laughs> or press our buttons, but they're just, they're just the best. They're just the best. Um, Jake, I if you're okay, oh, yeah. and, um George, we're gonna pass this over. Jake Lineman, Uh you did not bring Chief with, but Chief just celebrated a very big birthday. How old is Chief now? Uh yeah, Chief just turned ten. I'm gonna move this up just a touch here so I can there you go. How's that? Yeah, good. All right, so ten years old and he is the the reason or the name at least behind your business now, yes. and we did have a conversation recently talking about your acquisition for a new uh, the Q5 vest. And, yep, uh, Chief Upland, as people that follow our travels, um, have seen that it's the vest that we've worn for I don't know how many years, probably. Four or five years now, something like that. How long have you been?
7: Yeah. Uh we've been selling for three and a half. Okay, so it feels gosh, like a lot, lot longer. longer but but yeah. What's that? It feels longer. It feels longer. Yeah. You sure? Three and a half. Three and a half. So it was June I think of 2020. It, I I don't yeah. think you know very <laughs> I think well know no. what you're talking about. <laughs> Insider info. Yeah. Yeah. June yeah. of twenty twenty is yeah. when we started selling. All right,
0: well. I've worn him for at least three years then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for coming down here. We appreciate you uh, fitting this in. But why
7: was this something that you wanted to do? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I feel another one of the guest hunters here that I've always looked up to you and Scott, what you guys are doing. And, and <clears throat> I wanted to make it on this hunt, on the Hank hunt last year and couldn't make it. Um, So when you guys announced it this year, I was just super excited. And I heard it was Mississippi and it was Bob White quail hunting. I have never hunted in Mississippi, never chased Bob White quail. I hadn't been able to hunt with you or Scott yet. And Mm. so I'm just like, all these things, like, I got to do this. Plus, Mississippi in February is not bad coming from Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty nice, though. You're not going to lie. I think we got sunburned the first day
0: hunting. and It was kind of exhausting at the end of the day we're all beat and i think it was because sorry everyone up north it was hot down here it was really really Mm -hmm. nice and that sun definitely wears um you got some exciting news you go and feel free to launch any uh new
7: news right now uh well we've got a lot of new products coming out yeah is that what you're talking about yeah uh well on my way down here, actually, in the airport, we launched a new turkey vest system. Um, so that's, that's available for pre-order now. Uh, and then at Pheasant Fest in a couple weeks, we're going to be launching three jackets and two pants. Um, so early, mid and late jackets and then a couple different brush pants. Nice. Very cool. You excited about it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. What's it been like acquiring another business and trying to get that all
7: sorted out? Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What have you learned? Yeah uh it's just been so much like when you acquire a different brand it's the same like similar type of product same industry but also a whole new set you know it's a different factory um the the this series of stuff is all made in the usa so we we picked up this new factory through the acquisition and now we're working with them on production and quantities and lead times and It's different than what our business was leading up to that point. So it's just like piecing that all together and making it cohesive. Mm -hmm. I want it to happen overnight, but it takes time. Yeah.
0: Is it pretty rewarding to kind of see all these dreams come into fruition for you?
7: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You enjoy the challenge of trying to piece it all together and bring it in and make it happen? I'm a little bit crazy that way. Yeah. 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 It's. I mean, it's a lot of work, you know, and I work owning a brand is more work than I've ever done before, but having the control over my schedule and knowing that even if I work a 70 hour week, it's chasing my dream, not somebody else's dream. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's the whole reason I wanted to do it to, you know, bring that purpose into my life.
0: Hey, we're looking forward to seeing you at Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And so are our friends at Onyx Hunt. Onyx Hunt will once again be hosting a big after hours bash called offline at pheasant fest uh, it's on friday march 1st at 9 p.m at the ram grand rushmore hall there'll be live music from the damn jammers and the chance to win some great upland prizes with public access pull tabs drink free beer from line and kugels and learn more about south dakota's new public access to habitat program that's fundamentally changing how we all look at private land access and it doesn't end there How would you also like to see Trampled by Turtles at Pheasants Forever's Concert for Conservation that Thursday night that kicks off the entire weekend? Onyx Hunt is giving one lucky subscriber and a friend tickets, VIP passes, one-night lodging, and daily admission to the 2024 Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. The contest ends February 15th. To learn more, go to onyxmaps.com and search Pheasant Fest. We'll see you there. You've gotten to hunt behind a handful of different dogs this week and they're not Chief. So, what was that like for you to watch other people's dogs out in the field? And I mean,
7: to see a variety of different breeds, yeah. really. Yeah, it's actually incredible um, because uh, my wife, Kristen, and I Chief is our first dog. He's 10. Um, we have another, he's a chocolate lab. We have another yellow lab, Buzz, who's six. Um, so, we've only had labs. And I keep uh, Kristen and I have been talking about this for a while now. Like we want to get another dog soon. Um, and I really want to get a pointing breed, but I don't know which breed I want to get. So I got like this whole variety on this trip and, um, I can bring this knowledge home. Like it's mm, Bracco maybe. (laughs) 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 I got a connection now apparently. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had just hunted behind awesome dogs. Yeah. Um, it's cool to see different breeds, though,
0: because that's yeah. something that, you know, I tell people all the time. I'm like, I've seen a lot of different breeds out there in the fields and they're all different. They yeah. all, they're not like, you know, what do you want to do with a dog? That's the question. Yeah. And what do you want that dog to do yeah. for you? Because not every breed will do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so being able to see them is one thing. Most people don't have the opportunity to see breeds besides their
7: own and then maybe one or two hunting buddies yeah and i'm so glad i did because to just try and research the breeds online or whatever talk to people that's one thing but when you actually get behind them with a gun and follow them it's a whole new story Mm -hmm. so i'm i i hunted with george the last two days and his dog his gsp kruger it's just been incredible and i'm like I'm going home and getting a GSP. <laughs> Are you really? It's it's already <laughs> no, done. No, did you it's already not tell done. your wife? It's not done. No, no, <laughs> no. She doesn't. She doesn't know it yet. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> it. Yeah, but cool. <laughs> no, and I mean Steve, you know he, the dogs he's breeding. It's like there's so many options, yeah? and I just have things to think about now after being behind these dogs. Yeah, that's really cool, Scott. Go ahead. What well, what I wanted to add to this, what which I thought
1: was pretty cool, actually, I kind of puffed up my chest a little bit is. Yesterday, uh, Steve and Hunter and I were hunting, and our guide was named Kyle. And uh, the guides down here are used to running their own dogs, or or the lodge dogs, and um, they all brought dogs, but they really didn't put them on the ground that much. And we were hunting uh, behind our dogs, and um, Kyle's got this smile on his face, and I go. And I don't know if I asked him or, or maybe Steve, you asked him and he goes, he's, pretty you smiling? Me. He goes, this is really cool, man. And i was like, what's so cool. And he goes, well, we don't hunt with other people's dogs or when we do they come and they kind of say, well, he's only been out once this year and they're fat and overweight and they don't do much. He goes, "Man, these dogs hunt and you, you guys hunt differently. And, um, and they don't, you know, I have my lab down here and Millie and it was like, they don't put their labs on the ground to hunt. They put their labs on the ground to fetch. And, um, we had a lab working with a Brocco, working with a setter. And there was a point there was all three of them and it was a Millie lab point, but they were all staring at a bird or two, or whatever. But what made me kind of proud is these people you guys that came down to hunt with us are hunters and your dogs are hunters and these guys that are paid to hunt, are admiring our dog. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That was pretty. cool.
0: Totally. Totally. Yeah. I actually handed my shotgun over to Nate today. He's just walking behind and I was like, what's it like? Because I mean, we're all out here doing this and you know, we have our dogs, your dogs are in the, in the box, in the truck. You know, and he's just watching. And I was like, "Here, you take my gun." And he's like, "I can't do that." I'm like, "Yes, you can. Take the gun." <laughs> and I'm like, "Take the gun." And he did, Steve. He took the gun and he walked up on Daisy and and Reggie on point like three different times. It was awesome.
5: Yeah. Yeah, we had a similar story with our guide bird dog. He not the guide's name is Bird Dog. The, our guide is Bird Dog, and uh- <laughs> the best nickname <laughs> ever. Ever. Yep. ever. It was awesome, and. He's walking behind us. And I, we kind of looked at him. I think we both kind of stopped at the same time and he's leaning on his walking stick and he's got this big smile on his face and he, he didn't say a whole lot of words and he, and we're like, everything okay. And he's like, this is great. (laughs) I mean, he was just eating it up. He's like, I am having so much fun. he's like, no, really, I'm having so much fun watching you guys. He's like, you don't have to do i don't have to do anything with your dogs i don't have my dogs it's so relaxing i'm getting paid and you're doing everything. And, and, uh, we were even carrying our own birds he's like you know most people like expect me to pick the bird up and yeah you're putting them in your vest he's like i, I can do something i can carry something he's like this is great and then, and then you joined us in the afternoon yeah and but i mean he's he was love. once in a while he'd suggest and usually not even verbally, like maybe we ought to go the other way. He would just sort of look over there and mm. I'd ask everything, yeah, well, let's move that way. Okay. You know, it was just awesome. Well,
0: and Bird Dog and I had yeah. a couple of those conversations, just sit back watching you and Pete out there together because your dogs were amazing and they were just, I mean, on a tear going through the field, but the two of you look like you've been hunting together for 16 years. <laughs> honestly. And it was just fun to watch. And we kind of joked about it a little bit. Plus, I also tried to get him to talk because all he does is nod, you know, and it, it's just it's like classic. the <laughs> best. I mean, your your nickname is Bird Dog. I'm so jealous of that nickname. For sure. Uh You can't say it on, on national television. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, well, you're not mic'd up right now, so nobody knows what you just said. You just Pete uh, just said, "What is his real name?" Welsh Corgi was his real name. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, let's just do this real quick because we've already been talking for an hour and twenty minutes, guys. This is flowing by. Appreciate you all sitting here, y'all, y'all, yep. y'all. y'all. Um, there are fourteen pound bass I have confirmed in the pond outside the window here, and we haven't even tried to catch any of them yet. So maybe you do that in the morning. Um, this this is a really amazing place down here and like scott and i have said multiple times throughout the week we're just really honored that you guys have all made the time to come down here and the commitment to do this and be a part of it it is very special to us very special um are there any if anybody wants any final memories that really stand out to them the tv show will air and we're going to show uh, as best we can what this looked like to celebrate our love for dogs with you guys um, but if you have anything that stands out now, speak now or forever hold
3: your peace over there, Steve. All right, I got one. So yeah. in the afternoon of the first day uh, after the we had filmed our pit, we were hunting, and Mr. Jimmy came and joined Hunter and myself and Kyle, and we were hunting along, and Mr. Jimmy, I'm sure that you covered it in your podcast with him but he he said he's 86 right yeah mm-hmm. 86 years old and he's out there carrying a side-by-side hunting hunting with us and and two things about this that i want to say quickly i said oh that's a nice side-by-side i'm sure it was nicer than any i've probably ever seen in real life <laughs> and he said yeah i said "I've i've never hunted with an over and under before but you know, here I am. And he goes, well, don't do that. Because if, if God wanted you to shoot it over under, he'd put your eyes vertical <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> side by side because your eyes are horizontal. And, and so that was worth a chuckle anyway. So Mr. Jimmy, he said, well, I sure like wa- watching good dog work. And he he and I doubled over Reggie, uh, which uh, was oh. very cool. So he's still at it, still swinging a gun, still knocking him down. So that's uh, very cool. Awesome. And it, to happen over my setter it was just like, oh, that's so worth coming. Never forget it.
0: Absolutely. That's a
3: great story. and I, I, I love how he, that story has been told a couple of times. That, but that, that, that didn't get caught on camera. So I want right, I, I to right. say that he, no, he did it. 80, 86-year-old man out there shooting yep. quail. So yep. what a legend. He is a legend for sure. Any other favorite
7: moments stand out, Jake? Yeah, I, w- I would just add that, you know, the Hank hunt in general, it was so cool to to hunt with everybody and hang out with everybody. Um, you know, I didn't get to hunt with every single person between the the few days. Um, but just, you know, hunting with George and his dog Kruger today, I was petting Kruger after lunch. He was taking a nap on the floor and I'm like, Kruger, I'm going to, I'm going to miss hunting with you, man. And then later we're in the truck and George's like, you know, that doesn't have to be the last time you hunt with Kruger.
0: Yeah.
7: You know, we got each other's phone numbers now, like, we built all these friendships between all of us mm-hmm. and we're already talking about meeting in the middle, hunting in Iowa, maybe something like that. So it's just a really, really cool thing between all the dogs, all the people. And it's, you just build relationships that last. Yeah. Uh, dream come it,
1: true, Scott. It is dream come true. You know, it, I'm, a, I'm a believer. And I think everybody is here that uh, hunting is about creating memories and you create memories with, your four-legged buddies, your two-legged buddies, the environment that you're hunting in, the smells, what you see uh in the field, sunrises, sunsets. Place like this with the food we've had and um you know, I I it's I I mean I'm going to state the obvious. Guys, we created memories here and um it's something I'll always remember and I think Travis will always remember. Mm -hmm. And I hope you guys always remember. And I guess the last thing I'd say is, you know, there's that television commercial or something where the guy says, well, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. Well, Travis and I are TV hosts. We play one on TV. We're hunters. We love to hunt. And um, when you can share the field with somebody and their dogs and, um, and see the uh excitement you have for hunting and then uh the excitement and pride you have for your dogs and it's all well deserved that's what makes for the hang hunt for me why we do this that's why we do this and if you can raise a buck or two uh for pheasants forever in the meantime that makes it you know a double win group hug. yeah Group hug. Kumbaya. Uh, okay, well, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Scott,
0: you've done it for three years. I mean, why don't you just announce now you're going to do it next year? Oh, uh, we'll do another one next year. And yeah? Be there or be square. You're right? know, already, he's already brainstorming where he wants to go, and it should be... Might be Argentina
1: next year or something. Yeah. Or Antarctica. Or Antarctica or mm. Alaska. You mean you made Alaska look sexy, Ooh. Travis. Well, Ooh. Alaska is sexy.
0: If there's ever... I mean, this has been talked about a couple times this week, and it was. Better than it even looked up there. If you ever have the chance to go
1: there. I call, I get to post if we go to Alaska.
0: (laughs) No such thing. But if you have ever thought about coming quail hunting to a place that is really working hard to bring quail back and make quail hunting a tradition that's growing, this is a place that's doing it. If you tune in next week, you're going to hear the whole story about how this came to be. Why? mr jimmy has poured his life into this place and the results that are coming out of it it's a fascinating conversation with michael jordan of mississippi name, quail huh? hunting yeah yep and uh we appreciate everyone for listening we're gonna be back next week with another episode of the flush podcast and next year with another hang hunt. stay tuned